So if you could just briefly, uh, Ms. Davids, give us a history on this particular story and the teacher who has since resigned. Um, the, the history of well, the organization Pedants for Change started mid-last year, and it, it emerged after three parent governors had resigned from the school's governing body um, in protest against what they understood to be a slow transformation process and indeed just a lack of priority on the school's agenda and attempts to engage with the school leadership and the school governing body on the matter did not yield many results and, and just complete frustration. These three people left, which concerned us greatly because there was lots of miscommunication about why these people resigned. And eventually we came together as a group of parents who were concerned. And now what are our concerns? Our concerns are that um, we're sending our kids to school. Firstly, of course, we want our kids all to have a good quality education. But we also want to send our kids to a school um, that prepares them for a diverse society. We want to be, our kids need to be able to understand and recognize differences and, more importantly, respect those differences. And our kids need to engage with people who are different to themselves. And we were concerned that the school was, in fact, becoming quite insular and not diversifying enough because the major concerns were located in the fact that the teaching staff had not transformed much over the last 124 years of the school's existence. And then, of course, the other issue was that the learned body, um, instead of growing in diversity, was actually not doing that at all, despite the fact that the school is located in a fairly diverse community. And so the group got together, and from there, I think we just grew over the last year. And the incident pertaining to Ms. Temple really is a manifestation of exactly what we have been complaining about, that the environment at the school is not going to be hospitable to anybody who's not going to fit into a dominant norm. And Ms. Temple, unfortunately, as the first black African class teacher at the school, quite literally, and of course she is certainly not unique in, in being afforded that title because there are many, many schools that have supposedly opened up their doors and have supposedly desegregated their spaces. But if you look at their staff, if there is going to be a black teacher, that person is only there because the person teaches Koza. So it, it was um, that led to her. And, of course, she resigned after finding herself embroiled in what still seems to her unclear because she was never made formally aware of the complaints brought about by parents, other than the fact that parents had started chat groups were definitely communicating with the principal. Some kids were removed. Some kids was even taken out of school and with the hope of returning next year. And so, and Ms. Matembo was caught in the middle of it. Mm. And, um, yeah, so that's in a nutshell why we are where we are right now. Ms. Davids, the school governing body has denied uh, Ms. Mtembu's version uh, that uh, she was not aware of the details uh, and the complaints about her mm. competency. Uh, w- mm. what, what's your understanding about this? I really, I really wasn't able to comment much on that. I, I wasn't part of, of any proceedings with her, but um, certainly the school would have been afforded the opportunity to state their case at the CCMA, and they certainly um, drew on the resources of a qualified advocate to represent their case. So they would have had very, very good representation, and of course that representation would be would be paid for by people like me who pay school fees, just in, by the way. 
Um, and so the CCMA, as a, as a legal um, independent entity, certainly did not find grounds for what the school's version of things were, and it certainly found in the favor of Ms. Tembo. So if the school now feels that Ms. Matembo is misrepresenting or Ms. Matembo's version is incorrect, they should go back to a legal um, discourse for that matter and inspect the case. But certainly at the CCMA level, it was found that the school acted with gross misconduct, in fact, was the term used, and have been ordered to pay damages and have been ordered to offer an apology. So if that is the finding, then are we now saying that the CCMA is equally wrong? Well, uh, with regard to Ms. Mtembu and uh, just uh, this uh, group that you have now uh, started, Parents for Change organization, have you engaged with Ms. Mtembu and um, has she actually indicated uh, whether she feels as though she was uh, treated fairly or unfairly in this instance? I haven't personally engaged with her, but certainly representatives from our group have offered their support and have been supportive of her because um, at the time of encountering her, she was pretty much alone. And um, she had resigned, not knowing what to do. She's a first-year, inexperienced young person who's just come out of university. Um, and who, by the way, did a learnership at Russell McJuni, in fact, at junior school. So she is of that system. Um, and so we obviously extended support, as you would to any human being who finds herself treated in, in what we understood to be a highly dictatorial, oppressive way. And certainly support was offered to her. And from that support, she, we were able, certain people in our group were able to organize legal support for her. And the outcome, as we know, is, is, is well known at this stage. Uh, Ms. David, how long have your own children been at the school for? <laughs> I have, because I have a huge gap between my two daughters, I have a kind of collective history of, I think, 15 years um, at the junior school. Um, so hence my long, long relationship with the school. And um, during that time, and I want to stress, and this is very important that I think this comes through as well, because um, we, are, we have never been interested in creating any harm to the school. We are not interested in creating a conflict zone. This has certainly never been our intentions. We've given far, much, far too much of our time. Um, we are all working people. We, have all, we all have major responsibilities. This has taken a lot of our time. We aren't interested in, in any sort of um, conflict with anybody. So I want to say that the school in itself is, the girls are happy. Um, generally, the girls are happy. Yes, there are a few others who are not, but generally, it's not as if my kid saying to me, I don't want to go to school in the morning. Um, there's some really, really good teachers at that school. Um, some amazing people that I've met and parents and just communities of people that I've, I've actually grown very attached to in my life. So, it's, it's a, it can be a beautiful space, but we keep on using that as a justification to overlook the, what is clearly an undermining of creating a socially just environment. And so my, my relationship with the school has, of course, deteriorated dramatically as, as an individual because the idea of these schools is that once you are accepted into these schools, you pretty much have to toe the line and you have to fit into the dominant discourse. And the moment you start emphasizing what you see, then you will find immediately you'll get a, back, a huge backlash. And so you also need to see who people genuinely are and where people genuinely stand on issues. So, yeah, I have a fairly good long relationship and, and I wouldn't paint everybody in a negative brush at all. I think the school needs, needs some clear guidance as to how it understands leadership and governance 
And I believe the school should draw on people who actually understand those um, concepts and should be guided by those. And just a final question, as the organization um, Parents for Change, what changes would you like to see at the school in the immediate term? I think we'd like to see a school who that recognizes that they've made mistakes, a school that's prepared to listen to, to criticism without becoming defensive, a school that's prepared to take stock of its purpose and function in a pluralist democratic society and to recognize that what they do at school level, at foundational level, young minds, impacts on people later in their lives and that if children only encounter one kind of person and have no points of resonance um, in terms of who they are and they never see people like themselves, that does have an impact, which is exactly why you will have a white kid at their school asking, can a black teacher teach? This is, this, if, if, if anything, should allow most, then it's that question. Okay? Because that child has a particular view she'll take well into her adulthood. So the school, so the, the kinds of outcomes we want is for the school to be attentive to, to what the purpose is. And I don't think they are. I think they're very focused on academic prestige and, and looking good on the surface. But it's time to look at the substance. And certainly we need to pay attention to the appointments of teachers this idea that schools have no control over who they appoint, or this idea that was earlier in your show, I heard somebody mention that the WCD should, have, should, should advertise more posts. That's not true. Schools like, like Rastenburg have far more governing body posts than WCD posts. In fact, if you look at their numbers, they're probably going to have more than double the number of people at that school are including governing body positions as opposed to WCD positions.